Well, good morning again, guys. Uh, I just wanted to uh, come on here first and foremost and just thank uh, Shanna and Jim and uh, Jack and uh, also Gracie, too. If you guys uh, could hear that, I think you heard a voice that you weren't necessarily seeing uh, uh, during our worship time together this morning. And yeah, that was Gracie. She was um, just belting it out um, for us uh, when we got, came together and and did that worship set. So I just want to thank Jim, Shan, Jack, and Gracie, and Rylan, who was playing also uh, in the background there with his guitar as well. So um, what a great, sweet time of worship this morning. Uh, it's great to have you guys here uh, for our live stream again. Just want to welcome anyone who's new. Thanks for joining us this morning. Um, I just want to pray really quick over our time together. Um, I just want to pray that, that the Lord would just meet us in these places this morning, that as we're gathering in our homes, that, that the Lord would just come by his presence and, and just fill each home that's represented this morning, that's with us as we're joined together here in spirit. Uh, Father, just come and be in the midst of all that we're doing. Lord, let your presence fall in every home this morning, God. Let the, the illumination of your truth, Lord, just, just, just come um, in our hearts, Father God. We just thank you, God, for your presence, and we thank you for what you're doing, and we thank you, God, that you meet us in every place. So, Lord, I just pray your presence, God, your glory would invade each home this morning as we gather together this morning. So, uh, Hey, listen, we are doing, um, we're continuing in our uh, series from in for this morning. And so here's what we're doing. We're praying, you know, from truth uh, in his presence um, for intimacy this morning. And so we're going to continue doing that. So we're going to head into Hebrews in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to ask everyone a question this morning. There's, there's, a, there's just this question on my mind that I've been kind of, uh, you know, uh, debating about in my head over this week and that I want us to think about this morning really quick. And, and here's the question. It's this, it's, it's, um, you know, how should we be being changed in this moment? You know, so often we ask the question, how can we change the moment we're in? Uh, but for me, I'm thinking for us as the church is not so much how can we change the moment that we're in, but how can we be changed by this moment? We've been, we've been asked to do a lot of things, right, to change the moment, to change the reality. We've been asked to stay in our homes. We've been asked to not travel unless we have to. You know, we've been asked to only go to the grocery store when we need to. We've been asked to to put on masks to cover our faces when we're out in public and that we, we can't uh, be close to one another. Even yesterday when we, when we went out for our family walk, we were, went to the trail in Wyndham and when we pulled up, there was this huge sign and it said, please park 10 feet from every other car. And Shannon and I were looking at it and we were thinking, wow, that's a new one. We haven't heard that one before. Okay, so we can't be near each other. We got to park 10 feet away from each other. Um, you know, we've been asked to do a lot of things as a society to change the moment. But my question is this morning is this, not so much how we can change the moment, but how we can be changed in the moment. How can we become more like him when we're asked to live with less? How can we, how can we develop intimacy with the father in the midst of adversity? How can we develop intimacy in this moment in the midst 
of adversity because here's our perspective and here's, I feel this is so important to understand our perspective in all of this, our perspective in the circumstances we find ourselves in, our perspective when it comes to reading the truth and reading scripture. If we could understand this one perspective, and that is this, is that the Lord, the Father's desire is to be with us. The Father's desire is to have relationship with us. The Father's desire is for us to live in his presence. And so often we, we sort of see things outside of that perspective, but I feel like that is such a key to, to understand how we should respond in these moments where we can actually change in the moment and not necessarily change the moment. So that is the perspective I feel like it, that is so important for us to understand when we're reading scripture, when we see circumstances around us, when we're living life amidst things that we can't control. The perspective is this, that he just wants to be with us. He wants our, his presence to be in us. He wants us to experience that. All he wants is relationship with us. And he's going to do whatever it takes in order for his will to be done in our lives. So that's the perspective this morning. So let's jump over to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, uh, verse 11 to 13. And we're going to read that. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we can pray from this truth for intimacy uh, in his presence for intimacy. So join me, uh, chapter 4, 11 through 13. This is what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So what he's saying there is, as we talked about last week, right, is the Israelites could never enter the rest of God. They could never enter into his presence. Why? Because they did not listen. They did not follow. They were always, they were constantly in disobedience towards him. So because of that reality, they could never enter his rest. They could never enter his presence. And we talked about that last week, about how not letting our circumstances determine what we believe about God, that not allowing our circumstances to prevent us from being able to live in his presence and his rest. So the writer of Hebrews says, let's strive to live in his rest. Let's try to be in his rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And so when the writer of Hebrews is talking about rest, let's just think about this for a moment. Last week, we talked about rest, right? Last week, we talked about rest. And what did we say rest was? We said that the word that was used in the Greek was this word rest that meant a calming of the winds, right? Or it was a word used to describe a blessed state in which God dwells, right? So his presence. So we were able to make that connection last week that rest, when he's talking about rest, he's talking about presence. Living in rest is living in his presence, and so there's two things I want us to see this morning about this idea of rest and the connection it has with truth or this idea of presence and the connection it has with truth. And the first thing I want us to see is this, is that um, his truth demands full access. His truth demands full access. In his presence, in his truth... He demands full access. 
And why does he demand full access? He demands full access into those intimate places so that he can redeem what is his. He can redeem those places in us for his purpose. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying in this passage, in this scripture, is that his truth, his truth, its purpose is to dwell in us. And it dwells in us by demanding full access into the intimate places to redeem those places for his will. It redeems every unclean place in us that does not line up with who he is. It redeems, when you think about this idea of intimate places, right? When you think about this idea of um, those intimate places, when you think about um, the fact that when the writer of Hebrews says that his truth pierces like a two-edged sword, where? Into dividing bone and marrow, right? Into dividing soul and spirit and discerning the intentions of the heart. When you think about those places, the imagery that he's, he's trying to create here is this idea of intimacy. That on the surface, you cannot see your bone. You cannot see your marrow. You can't understand the relationship between bone and marrow just by looking on the surface. You don't understand someone's sense of soul and spirit by looking at the surface. You don't understand necessarily someone's intentions of the heart by knowing them for five or 10 minutes. These are all things that lie under the surface. These are all things that are intimate, intimate places that a lot of times only we know that we are aware of. It's our thoughts, it's our desires, it's our will, it's our perspective, it's our motives. And what the writer of Hebrews is saying is, is that the truth, this truth, if we remain in this truth, that it will pierce into those places, into those intimate places where, uh, where we see transformation. It will pierce into those intimate places where only we know about. Here's the connection that the writer of Hebrews is trying to make. He's trying to make this connection between presence and truth. See, presence illuminates truth. So if, if we are reading truth, if we are in the truth, we can just read it for words on a page, but his presence in us illuminates that truth. It makes it come alive. That's why the writer of Hebrews says that it's alive, that it's living. But not only that, truth allows us to remain in his presence. What the writer of Hebrews was saying is, is that if we fall away in disobedience, if we move away from him, that truth becomes that accountability. Truth draws us back into his presence. So presence illuminates truth, but truth allows us and helps us remain in his presence. When, we, when our lives sort of take a left-hand turn, when we begin to uh, identify ourselves, not necessarily with who God has called us to be, but who others have called us to be and who we've, we've decided we have become. When, when our will and our motive and our thoughts and our, and our desires uh, come out of alignment with his, his truth brings that alignment back into place. So his presence and living in his presence is so so connected with the idea of living in truth. His truth draws us back into his presence when we go astray, when we're disobedient. So his truth is piercing into those places, those intimate places. 
And it's piercing into those places and it's discerning the intentions of the heart to redeem those places back to himself. Those are his things that he wants back for him. Our will, our desire, our perspective, our motive, our feelings, everything that's in those intimate places, he wants to redeem back for himself. Why does he want to do that? So that he can dwell in us. If he can redeem those things, if, if our thoughts become his thoughts, if our will becomes his will, if our perspective becomes his, that's where he can live. That's where he can dwell. And remember at the beginning, that's what we said, right? We said that his one desire, his one goal is to be with us. And he will do everything it takes. The father will do everything it takes in order for that reality to happen in our lives. So why is he reaching into those intimate places and piercing those places of intimacy that only we know about? It's so that he can redeem them back to himself so that he can dwell there. He wants to dwell in our thoughts. He wants to dwell with his will. He wants to dwell in our perspective. And it's so important to understand that in this time right now where we're faced with these really strange circumstances when life seems to be so unsettled and so unfamiliar it is so key to understand that in these intimate places, God is redeeming back so that we can see things the way he sees them. So what is he redeeming? A couple different things I just want to share with you this morning. He's redeeming faith from fear. He's redeeming faith from fear. He's redeeming hope from doubt. He's redeeming clarity from uncertainty. He's redeeming peace from anxiety. And so these are just a couple things, but I, I, I just want to kind of point these, point these out this morning because it's, especially in this moment in time right now, it is so easy to live in fear. It is so easy to live with uncertainty. It's so easy to live in anxiety. It's so easy to live in doubt. But God wants his truth he wants his truth to penetrate those intimate places so that he can redeem those things, so that he can transform those things. He can transform our fear into faith. And he can transform our doubt into hope. He can transform those things and redeem them back for himself because that's where he wants to live. And if we're going to live in him and experience his presence, that's what he wants to do with us. And it's so it's so applicable for today because in this moment, in these circumstances, it is so easy to live in those places he's trying to redeem with the truth of his word. It's really interesting because we can really fake it <laughs> for a while. You know, when this first came down, when, when we were asked to stay at home, when we were asked to not go out unless we had to, when we were asked to not see people that we love, when we were asked to, to quarantine or isolate or, 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 or do these drastic measures, partake, partake in these drastic measures, when, when we were asked not to go to work, when, when we got that, maybe that unemployment um, notification from our employer when we were asked as a small business owner to to not go to work and to not resume your normal everyday business when we when we um, were asked to do those things everything seemed okay for a little while and I said this to Shanna too I said we were having a conversation I said this is all so different this is all so uh, so abnormal unfamiliar and I think people are going to be okay for a couple weeks for three weeks maybe 
But I said to her, I said, I think it's going to change. I think it's going to change. At some point soon, people are going to become restless. And we can live in faith. We can, we can fake living in faith for, for a little while. We can fake living in peace for a little while. We can, we can fake living with clarity for a little while. But here, here's the thing. If, if, if we're not allowing his truth to, to pierce those places, those intimate places in us, in us, then how are we going to live with faith after week two as opposed to week or to month two? If, if, we're, if, we're, if we're allowing the spirit, if we're allowing the truth to penetrate those places for us and bring transformation and redeem those things back to him so that we can live in his presence then we can live in faith in week two and in month two. We can live in peace in week two and in month two. We can live um, with clarity in week two and in month two. We can live with hope in week two and in month two. That's how we know that the truth is actually penetrating who we are and transforming us and redeeming us back to himself. Because we can fake it for a little while. Here's the second point. Truth and his truth demands honesty. His truth opens us up for his transforming work. This is what it says, that second part in verse uh, 13. The writer of Hebrews says this, and no creature is hidden, no creature, no creature, that, that includes us. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, the thing about being naked and exposed is that that is not a comfortable place to be in because we, we associate those two things, being naked and exposed with shame, humiliation, guilt, and condemnation, and fear. We think of those two terms and we think to ourselves, why would the writer of Hebrews write that? Why is the Lord's desire for the truth to expose us, to open us up, to, to make us feel as though, you know, we're, we're naked? The reason why is because the truth opens us up for his transforming work, and his transforming work creates greater intimacy with him. So he's not opening us up so that we can just feel exposed and naked. He's not opening us up so that we can be left there helpless, hopeless. He's opening us up through his truth to create greater intimacy with him. He, his truth leaves us exposed and unable to hide our true feelings, unable to hide our true motives, unable to hide our true um, heart, unable to hide our true intentions. His truth opens us up and exposes that, but not just to leave us there, not to make us feel guilty or shamed or humiliated. He opens us up so that he can actually come in and redeem it for himself and transform us. Think about this for a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Paul says that, this is one of my favorite passages. Paul says that 
we destroy every argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of, of God. And we, we bring into alignment or any, any thought that we have that's not in alignment with God's truth, we take captive and we make it obedient to Christ. So what Paul is saying there is this, is if our truth is allowing, if, if his truth is, if we're allowing that and we're giving it full access and we're completely honest about who we are in our condition, what Paul is saying is, is that we can actually go through this process of understanding what isn't true because we know what is true. So if we can understand what is true, if we allow truth to penetrate and change those places and redeem those things, those thoughts, those attitudes, those actions, what that enables us to do is understand when truth isn't there, when something false comes in, we can now, because we know truth, we're living truth, we're standing in truth, we can see what isn't true. And when it comes, what do we do? We can take it captive, right? We can destroy every argument that lines itself up against the truth and knowledge of God, right? And we can take it captive and we can bring it into obedience under Christ. So that's why it's so important to understand truth and allow it to penetrate, to bring full access into that place of intimacy in us and open ourselves up and be completely honest with the Lord about who we are. His truth for, forces us, and this is, this is for me, this is where it all sits. His truth forces us to be honest about who we are so we understand who we are becoming. His truth just doesn't open us up and force us to realize who we are or who we were, to live in that place, to just settle in that place, to be frustrated in that place, to, to not have hope in that place. No, he, his truth comes in, opens us up. We are naked and exposed before him, not so that we can stay there, but so we can understand who we are and who we were in order to understand who we're becoming. See, if we don't understand who we were and who we are, then we don't fully understand who we're becoming. In his, in our poverty, we see his richness. In our lack, we see his fullness. So we have to understand that his truth in us is exposing us, not for, not for our defeat, not so that we can feel humiliated, not so that we can feel hopeless. It comes because he wants us to see who we are becoming. And so his truth demands honesty. It's this beautiful exchange. It's this amazing exchange. We're, we're exchanging, you know, our fear for faith. We're exchanging, you know, our anxiety for peace. We're exchanging um, our doubt for hope. We're exchanging our uncertainty for clarity. That's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to understand, is trying to show us this morning through his truth. And that's why it is so critical that we not only live in his presence, but we, we allow truth to, 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 to reign in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits so that we can remain in his presence. And it's so important for his presence to illuminate his truth, because if not, it's just words on a page. In Psalm chapter 24, 34, the psalmist says this, who will ascend God's mountain? Who will ascend his mountain? Who will enter into the holy place? He said, the only people that will send there is people, my people with clean hands and a pure heart. 
And he said, if you are that, if you are a person who desires clean hands and a pure heart, I will bless you with righteousness. And so it's this amazing process that we see where one just builds on the other, where as we come into his presence, we allow his truth to unveil us, to open us up and realize who we really are. And in that place, we become more like him. And so when we become more like him, when we, when we develop clean hands and a pure heart, we can enter into his presence in an even greater way. And then it just keeps building on itself from glory to glory to glory. We can enter that place where Moses entered in the Old Testament. He always entered into the tent or the tabernacle and, and, the, and the priests always, always entered into that place, but they, they needed clean hands and a pure heart to do it. And so it's this idea and this process that we are doing that, that as we enter in his presence, his truth comes in, transforms, redeems. And as we become, you know, our hearts become purified and our hands are clean and righteousness is is impugned to us that we can continue in his presence to see transformation in those places. So it just works on itself and works in that process from glory to glory. See, his truth demands full access and full honesty so that he can dwell in us, so that we can be with him, so that we can enjoy his presence. And he dwells in those places that have been transformed and have been brought into alignment with his truth. So how do we pray from that? Here's how we do that. Two things that we can pray from this morning. First is this, Lord, I give you full access. Father, I give you full access. And Lord, I'm committed to complete honesty. Lord, I give you full access into my life. I give you full access, Lord. I open up my heart to you. I open up everything about me to you. I give you full access, full reign, full place in my life. I give you full access into those places of intimacy that no one knows about. Those thoughts, those motives, those actions, those, those perspectives, those, those feelings, Lord God, that don't line up with yours. I give you full access. Why? So that you can come in and redeem them for yourself. So you can come in and change me so that you can dwell in me. I give you full access into those places this morning. And Lord, I, I commit to complete honesty with you this morning, God, that you said that nothing, no creature on earth is, is left um, unexposed, that every creature is naked and exposed before your truth because you know the intentions of every heart. And so I come before you this morning in complete honesty about who I am, not so that I can just stay there and live there, but I can understand who I am becoming in you. That if I don't understand where I've been or who I was, I can't fully see who I'm becoming. So Father, I give you complete honesty with my life. I give you complete honesty and full reign and access into my life this morning for you to redeem what is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. We, um, we want to just continue to uh, pray through this week for the church, for the world, for our communities. Uh, continue just to get on and, and be with one another, even our, in our eFam Facebook group. Um, continue to Zoom and, and to get into those Zoom meetings throughout the week so that we can stay connected. And if you want to remember, if you want to nominate a mom in the church uh, for to be entered into that giveaway on Mother's Day, please go to our eFam page and submit your nomination either via uh, post, written post, or video post. So take care, guys. Have a great Sunday. We will see you next week.